Okay, guys. Hey, I tell you what, if you wouldn't mind uh, for us um, throwing in a uh, a chat in the box, we just want to make sure that uh, the chat is coming through okay and that we can actually see the chats uh, right now. This this whole new setup, man, this is like completely throwing me off. Normally, we'd be able to see the chat as they come in. Um, so if you guys could uh, do me a favor and, and do a chat in the chat box i'd appreciate it because uh right now um i don't know if this feed that i have going on here is live uh, so we'd really appreciate that but with that said um i think everybody can hear us just fine um you guys can hear greg okay he kind of speaks softly so yeah. well, i'm not the loudest dude yeah <laughs> okay but we need to change our music apparently <laughs> pastor pastor johnny sound feeling like you're in an elevator huh <laughs> okay going up jonathan says it looks good on his end that's great uh fantastic so um with that said uh we will dive right in so we wanted to do a live stream this is the first of hopefully many live streams that we get a chance to do um on many different topics but this one today will be specifically on a bill that was recently intro introduced on january 19th of this year by Representative Dave Williams uh, on abolishing abortion here in Colorado, which is pretty uh, exciting. Uh, we're very uh, excited, excited about that. And so we That's wanted fair. to take some time and actually work through uh, some key questions that we're asking uh, ourselves and also to uh, what we need to consider uh, as a Christian body here in Colorado, but also as a church. Like what is what is the responsibility right now of the church just in general in our church locally here in Colorado Springs? And then how can we better support uh, the movement going on? So the idea behind this particular live stream is we're hoping to create content from it uh, that is shareable, that we can get our friends and family members, uh, our local community members involved, um, <clears throat> excuse me, involved in supporting uh, Representative Dave Williams and the other uh, representatives who are getting behind this bill uh, on a local level, but also we're just asking ourselves, like, what does that look like uh, in terms of what does it look like supporting them from here here moving forward? And so with that said, um, we're hoping the content can get shared, not just with our friends and family members, but also with pastors, with local pastors here in the community and beyond in, in Colorado. We We think that if People really get behind this, and if the representatives really sense the support here from us in Colorado, that they'd be more willing to make a stand. Because I mean, would you agree, Greg? This is a pretty big issue. Like the it's reason, huge. Yeah, most, <clears throat> most, absolutely, most of them wouldn't. I think one of the key reasons why we haven't seen bills like this, and you guys will get to hear a little bit more on the specific language behind it, why we haven't seen bills like this in the past is just because it takes a lot of courage for representatives to put bills like this forth. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'd look at the bill and read it, and I mean, I don't know if the guy's a Christian, but I look at it and I think, man, how could he not be? Right. You know? Yeah. In terms of how it's worded, because definitely expresses, a, like we like to say at our church, you know, the full orb, untruncated, you know, worldview, just within this bill in regards to abortion. Right. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It's really amazing. Uh, it's amazing to think um, that a bill like this would even have the kind of language that it does, um, which 
I think that as we go through it, you guys will be pleasantly surprised to to hear and see. <clears throat> excuse me. What what uh, how important the language that has been put in is is to not only Christians but understanding it from a Christian ethical standpoint. So. Uh, with that said, I would I think that this next question that we really want to answer is what does biblical law or essentially uh, Christian ethics have to do with civics? Uh, it's something that our our church has been challenged on. Everything, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> our church has been uh, challenged on lately uh, quite a bit. It's um, it's been a subject of debate within our church body of, of exactly how do definitely. Um, how should it be spoken of from the pulpit? How should it be spoken of within a church context? What is the church? What is the relationship of the church and society? And when we say church and civics, what we're talking about is the application of a Christian ethic in legislation. And I think what you're going to find here is an excellent example uh, of just that. We, do you have any more thoughts on that, Greg? Also, this is something we've been working through for years now. Right. Right. I mean, this is what, four years? I mean, our church has been around. We're going on four years <clears throat> next month. But, I mean, when we met each other before the church even came into existence, these are, these are things we've been, like, theologically moving towards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just interesting to see how, you know, as time has gone by, kind of where we're at now as a church. Yeah, and I think that, um, well, what do you mean? Uh, let me ask you this. When you say what the it's something the church has been moving towards what what do you what do you mean by that particularly i guess as far as like leadership wise i mean you know me you pastor jonathan uh brian the books we've been reading um people pastors have been following podcasts things we've been listening to the direction you know that we've been that we've been moving towards seems to be one of um just more, more so of just a full orb, you know, Christian worldview. Yeah. You know, Christian and everything, you know, like first Corinthians 1031, you know, whether you eat or drink or all that you do, do all of the glory of God. All. Yeah. All. Yeah. yeah. In this case, all means all brother. Right. <laughs> all means right? all. All means all. And also too, uh, all must be brought under the Lordship of Christ. And I think yeah. there's a huge misconception as to what that looks like. What would you say? Uh, in your opinion, has probably been one of the most impactful works that you've studied that has really brought you around to that understanding. I think, uh, well, first book you gave me, Mission of God. Now you blame it on me. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> blame, blame this guy. It's always Jeremy's fault. It's my fault. If you're wondering whose fault it is at any point in time, no matter if there's a fault, it's going to be this guy. <laughs> it's my fault. I take full responsibility for it. Mission of God by Dr. Joe Boot. Definitely. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, within the yeah. last, I'd say within the last five years, probably one of the most impactful books that I've read. And just really helped me grasp the, the full, full, you know, Christian worldview, you know, being Christian in all things, which uh, I think, you know, the Bible is pretty clear about. I, I had a, me personally, I had a very, you know, two kingdom theology um, that I would have argued, you know, tooth and nail for as opposed to sphere sovereignty. You know, probably didn't get too much into that today, but um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot of value in certain things in regards to civics. You know, I kind of have more of a more of a view of the church does this, and you know, in the civic realm, they're they're doing their thing. 
type of thing. Didn't really have a connection theologically. But yeah, Mission of God certainly drove me to start reading a lot of works um, in that direction. Yeah, I I would say, hands down, uh, Joe Boots' Mission of God was pivotal in my understanding from a missiological standpoint. When I say missiological, I mean more of how the church relates from a missional standpoint and conveying the gospel to the culture around it was very helpful in trying to understand better of what that looks like. Um, the application of Christian ethics just in society. I think there's a strong misconception of the separation of church and state. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Big time. And I think of that really plays into it. Uh, it's something that we've been wrestling with for some time. And what I mean by the misconception of a separation of church and state is that people believe in some way, and mostly from what we would consider to be a secular standpoint, that you keep your Christianity in the church, right, behind the church walls, your religion has really nothing to contribute here in this in the civic sense, uh, keep biblical ethics uh, behind the church doors, but don't try to push your religious views in civics. And that's really a fairly recent development. If you go back to the early founding of our country, you'll quickly discover that the Christian worldview and Christian ethics played a huge role in the development of our founding doc, uh, documents of our country, and mm. it was the very air that they breathed, the Christian worldview, because it was brought to bear on all uh, facets of life. I think that is a very easy argument to make. Yeah, for I anyone. think um, uh, Gary DeMar, you know, in, in one of his books, I can't remember the exact book, like American History, something or another, um, forgive me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he made a statement that, you know, people left you know, the rule and tyranny of the king to come to the United States and form the colonies to have a to have a society based off of the Bible. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the language. A society based on the Bible. The Bible. Okay. Uh, so when we think about that, guys, like the Christian really has a ton to offer when it comes to providing insight to how laws need to be developed. Okay. And, and guys, I think seriously, this is probably one of the most amazing bills I've seen. I haven't seen very many because there haven't been very many, but we are one of, I think, is it four states right now? I, I don't I, I think so. Four or five. I, states. I don't want to misquote yeah. it, but there's a very few, there's a very small handful that actually have what we would consider to be true abolitionist bills. Yep. Um, so with that said, uh, I can't think, is there any, is there another, um, we got to get our notes here. We got to get our our life in order. Um, yeah. Okay. So one of the next questions that we wanted to answer and to try to help you understand better is really the history behind where we've come from since Roe Ro v. Wade, uh, since it was passed some fifty plus years ago now, close to sixty now. Uh, was it nineteen? It was sixty seventy three. I think it's sixty eight was when it was introduced. Seventy three. I don't know. We. I hate the thing so much, I don't even care. The fact of the matter is, millions of children have lost their lives for 50 plus, close to 60 years now, uh, since it's been passed. And um, the, uh, what we want to better understand is, what is the difference, as we look through this bill together, 
What is the difference between an incrementalist approach, which you might be very well familiar with, in comparison to an abolitionist approach? Uh, so an incrementalist approach seeks to find ways to really, if I could say, stifle, in a positive sense, the abortion movement by putting things in place that stop abortions from happening incrementally. And what I mean by that is, let's 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 give an example. The heartbeat bill is a good example of that. That's what I was thinking. The heartbeat bill, yeah. And so what the heartbeat bill is, if we can find a heartbeat during ultrasound in the early periods uh, of gestation of of the child being de- of the child development, then if we discover that heartbeat, you cannot abort the child. And we would say, well, we'd have a hard time disagreeing with that. We'd say, yeah, of course. Like if you find a heartbeat, then we should probably stop. You know, the the killing of the child. We all agree a hundred percent that the child be killed uh, shouldn't be killed. Then you think of okay, what are some other things? Like they they talked about like cleaner facilities. There are bills that have been passed that require to be more of a medical approach, right? As a matter of fact, interesting enough, I just noticed this. I don't know if you have you haven't been out there for a little bit. Um, yeah, the plan the Planned Parenthood building actually changed their sign. There was a a sign that they had etched in stone that had the Planned Parenthood logo on it. Uh-huh. They changed it to something along the lines of like community health center. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> okay. So the idea is that they have to be considered a medical clinic Whole and women's health, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They, they, as long much. as they're considered a, a medical facility providing medical health care, uh, then they can qualify to do these things. And among those things in healthcare, abortions are considered to be a, a, a woman's right to health care. Other incrementalist bills will include things like timeframes. When you can and cannot have an abortion based on the amount of time that the child has developed in the womb. So, for instance, you have, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 32 weeks, all the way up to the point of 36 weeks till the child's being delivered. And in some cases, some states go beyond that uh, to the child being delivered. And within a, a few moments of delivery, after the delivery, they can actually, their lives can be taken. Cold blooded. It is cold-blooded, but and it's very arbitrary. And if any of you, is it, is it Missouri or is it Mississippi? Missouri. I think it's Missouri. Yeah, it's the recent hearing to the Supreme Court. This will tell you, okay, guys, like I'm going to straight up admit something right now. The one thing that I'm lacking. Do it. Uh, yeah, here we go. Full confessions, full disclosure. The one thing that I am lacking deeply is just a, a closer connection to the pulse of this movement. And I think that's a big reason why we haven't seen the kind of progression, you know, up until this point. I'm, I really feel like I'm missing a lot. There's a lot of lack of understanding that I have of where we've come from historically, how we've gotten here and where we, what we do now to move forward. And so uh, forgive me if I'm misrepresenting or misquoting certain things. I'm trying to, yeah. Getting the gist of it out. I appreciate it. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that. We're figuring it out. I'm most exactly that. I'm mostly concerned about where we go now moving forward. We need to become better acquainted with the details, better acquainted with what it's going to take to end abortion in our state and in our nation. Hopefully we get to set the precedent right. in that. So with that said, there was a hearing done recently, a support, a support. Can I chime in real quick? Yeah, go for it. In terms of the, because the incrementalist piece. Yeah. I struggle with that. You know, for a while, my wife, right? It wasn't until I heard Jeff Durbin at one point in time, you know, he brought up, he brought up, um, 
you know, a scenario in terms of like child trafficking, you know, and he said, well, yeah. you know, what if, what if there was some sort of, you know, bill set that you couldn't traffic past a particular age? Yeah. Think people would buy that or people like lose their minds? No, no, people, people would, would freaking f- lose their minds, dude. Pe- people would yeah. flip out, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they They'd would be tripping. They absolutely would be tripping. I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, yeah. And then. You know, you see this. You see the scriptures in regards to you know showing no partiality. Yeah, certainly. You know, if you if you if you lay those out side by side, you know, there's definitely partiality being shown to somebody who you can physically see. You know, you can't see the uh, unborn in the womb. Right. Right. And so yeah. there's this, the sin of partiality there, which we should they they you know a baby in the womb should have the same exact dignity rights as anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was huge. Even my wife too. My my wife was fighting me tooth and nail, man. I'm like, I right. gotta, <laughs> I gotta get more. Uh, I gotta get better at this, right? Figure this stuff out. Yeah, and it's really interesting. So when you when you talk about Durbin's example of the trafficking, we would never accept human trafficking if they said human trafficking is permissible as long as it's done between these ages, right? Human oh, tra- <laughs> human trafficking is permissible. In as much as you make sure you keep it humane. Right. Like you treat the ones you're trafficking really well. Make sure you provide like high quality sanitary conditions. You feed them three times a day, things like that. You preserve their dignity to a certain extent. Like we would, you make the, 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 the places that you take them to and the things that you do with them nice and sanitary. Right. We would never accept that. I think... Uh, Brother Jonathan brought up an amazing point in a sermon a while back that has stuck in my mind, bro, is if there were children right now in our city being rounded up in a field somewhere and they said they're just going to put them all to death, what would the city's response be? It would people would be flipping out. They'd be Not losing their money. out, flipping cars. Right? Oh, yeah. Firebombing the city. <laughs> Some looting. If you're going to firebomb the city, that's probably a good reason. I mean, don't do that ever, at all, ever. We, we would not recommend that. that. Never recommend yeah. that. I'm totally joking. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Right. Outrage. Total outrage. And it wouldn't, it, we would never accept it. As a matter of fact, what I was going to bring up in this hearing was there was an interesting sticking point when the defender, uh, the, the, the attorney that was defending the pro-choice position... She brought up, it was, I believe, the Planned Parenthood versus Casey decision, the, the precedent set there, which had to do with, a, and, and she even argued, which I thought was actually a really good argument, a very important argument for the Christian worldview, which there has to be some fundamental starting point by which we determine when we can actually have abortions and when we can't. Right. And that the judge, I forgot what the judge's name that was pushing on it, was... Um, versus some arbitrary sort of and that's what he's getting at yeah he was saying who decides that at some you know every yeah exactly that there's some arbitrary decision being made on some position but we have no starting point we have no foundation that we're working from that's Mm -hmm. exactly what he was getting at and he was saying so what what is your fundamental starting point she said well we have one it's Planned Parenthood versus Casey they laid the precedent for viability which is really interesting Mm -hmm. When the life becomes viable, you're saying that if a child is viable in the womb, which we would say they are from the point of fertilization, and they are highly, it's a dependency argument, they're highly dependent upon the mother in order for their survival, viability at some point means that they can survive on their own. Right. That they have brain waves. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard the argument. So, um, 
there has to be a fundamental foundation set in it. And so where does the Christian come in to kind of take this full circle? Because I'm I'm gonna full circle this bad boy. I'm gonna bring it all together right now. Absolutely. Go go preset. We're going we're going, yeah. So <laughs> the the Christians can provide, ethically speaking, from the scriptures a starting point. And if you guys haven't had the chance to see uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Jonathan and I did uh, co-opted on Bill C4 in terms of human sexuality here right on Facebook. You can go back and look at the video series. He provided uh, the legislation that was laid out in, in Bill C4 in Canada. If you're unfamiliar with it, just go check it out. And then also, too, I did a sermon on it, which is the same principle that we would lay for biblical ethics for abortion. And it starts in Genesis chapter one. Really interesting. So uh, with that said, I think we have a question here. So, uh, Caitlin asks, do we know if they will allow members of the community to speak and testify about this stuff at bill hearings? Matter of fact, Caitlin, yes. Um, That'd be awesome. So uh, in fact, I, I can't pull this up because it's not going to fit on the screen, right? I don't think I'll try. But there are points throughout different hearings where the public can come to speak and testify on that. As a matter of fact, that um, is something that we're going to address right at the very end here on, on how we can actually, what actionables that we can take uh, to get involved in supporting this. But yes, to answer your question right now, there are points where the public can come testify. Um, and it looks like Caitlin also said that Roe v. Wade wasn't even legislation. That is correct. It was a court opinion. And it's often treated that way, right? It's right. treated as legislation. Um, and uh, you said it just set the disgusting precedent for states not prohib pro prohibiting abortion, right? She reminded me of, of the the beauty of Google. The beauty of Google. Yeah. The wonders <laughs> of Google. That. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. The wonders of the Googles. Yeah. Okay. And it does look like we're actually seeing your chat live here. That's good. What? 1973. There we go. Yeah. You are right. Yeah. I said 68. Yeah, you did. I said 70, 80, 90 years. Bro, ago. I just started throwing <laughs> 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 I just started throwing rando numbers out. I don't even care. I hate close, that bill. Close, yeah. Bro. Okay. So with that said, what uh, I'd like to do now is let's just dive right in. If there aren't any more questions coming, um, and hopefully it looks like every you guys can hear us okay and stuff. Um, and and the video quality is okay. Um, matter of fact, this video right here, I, I went and busted out a two video. Uh, set up today. I got. I went big. This video is actually directly from my iPhone, uh, and as a matter of fact, it's on the video side where you can actually look at it. The front-facing video, not even the looks clean. Not even the good camera, right? And yeah. then this video is the Black Magic camera that Apologia donated to us uh, to do our um, our stuff. So I'm working on. It. Look, like we got we're we're pro bro status. Thank right you, out. Apologia. Thank you, Apologia. We love you guys. Yeah, oh yeah, man. We love you guys a ton. We hope we could be a blessing to you on, on this side of the fence in terms of producing content that will better um, help with the legislative side of things. Okay, so I think this this has a better angle of us. Your, oh yeah, yeah. Your glorious Absolutely. beard. Yeah, your right glorious beard. It's getting there, bro. It's yeah. not quite where yours is at. Thing's though. awesome, dude. Thing is awesome. All right, so let's take a look here. Um, all right, so kind of looking at this <clears throat> real quick. If anybody's wondering what we're drinking, we're actually drinking coffee and water. Just wanted to throw that. Out there. Which is messed up, bro. Yeah. Honestly, man, this we should be discussing this over a solid beer. That's probably right. That'd be the right way to do yeah. it. Our beards would grow as we do this. They probably would. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. They couldn't even see our video there. I had it on the, on this part. Yeah. Anyway, which one? 
This part, I have it on the, I have it on the actual. Ah, okay, okay. So they can actually see it better. Okay. Yeah. You like that? Nice. <laughs> actually, we go here, bro, and now they can see us. Yes. And this. And so that that's the layout right there. Then yeah. Okay. Isn't that fancy? We're figuring it out, guys. Hey guys, it's cool, man. Figuring it out. Bear we're with not, us. Not professionals. All right. <laughs> okay. So bet this will help. I think you be able to see it better. If you look here, the, the summary, I think, really says a lot. It says, the bill defines a person to include. Notice they put person in quotes. A person to include an unborn child at all stages of gestation, okay? From fertilization and natural death as it relates to a private right of action and current homicide and assault provisions. The bill declares that any existing law relating to parental homicide or regulating abortion or abortion facilities is superseded to the extent it conflicts or is inconsistent with the provisions of the bill. The bill requires the state to enforce homicide and assault provisions without regard to the opinion of the United States Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade and other Supreme Court decisions like Planned Parenthood v. Casey and others. That's such a thug life statement right there. Past and future. Isn't that That's awesome? So awesome, yeah. Okay. And then finally, it says the bill authorizes yeah. the state to disregard any federal court decision that purports to enjoin or avoid this requirement and subjects a Colorado judge, listen to this, to impeachment or removal if the judge purports to enjoin, stay, overrule, or void the requirement. All right. So let's do some breaking downage here. Um, I just took some notes. <clears throat> and yes, Jonathan, I just made that word up. As usual, bro, I'm making words up. You know how I roll. All right. So hopefully you guys can all see this okay. I think English majors. No, dude. Pastor Jonathan. I don't know, anger. Right. Um, Read encyclopedias as a kid. Yeah, you did that, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true, right? He's listening. Yeah. Um, Greg is blurry on the other view. Uh, and then Caitlin gave us some feedback that it's true. They could just adjust the aperture to fix that. Cool. You guys are going to have to bear with us right now. I don't have autofocus on this beautiful camera. Greg will have to be just in obscurity in the back. In obscurity. Oh, Jonathan says, stop making fun of me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no one's making fun of you, bro. Dude, I wish I, I wish I read encyclopedias as a kid, dude. But I know, and memorize them. Yeah. At that. Yeah. So, yeah. bro, you're good. Okay, yeah, yeah. All, much, much, much respect, dude. Right. Okay. So let's just move here to, to uh, and, and by the way, being able to randomly access them out of nowhere, specific oh, yeah. quotes... In sermons. In sermons in the middle yeah. of Aesop's fables Aesop's, and yeah. stuff he read when he was in fifth grade, dude. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. How you do that, brother, is beyond us. We don't know. All right. So let's take a look at this real quick. All right. And, and we're not going to go through everything in detail here, guys. Like, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at some specific line items that I thought were really important to, to uh, address. Notice here, real quick, the bill defines a Persian. A Persian. Persian. A person. Yes. A person uh, to include an unborn child at all stages of gestation, from fertilization to natural death, as it relates to a private right of action or current homicide and assault provisions. Okay. So what you're going to get, if you don't mind me chiming. Go for it, man. Chime. Chime hard. What is a person? Hmm. Right? Yeah. 
Is that where you were going with that? Dude, this is, yes, exactly. So like, okay, what is a person is the key point of, oh yeah, Caitlin says the focus is fine. It's just Greg becomes a part of the shallow depth of field. I'll have to teach you some stuff. Yeah, yes. I'm, I am your student. I am your Padawan. Okay. I'm willing to learn. I have, look, just throwing this stuff together and making it happen. You know what I'm saying? All right. So section one, let's just take a look at this real quick. The legislative declaration. All right. So keywords here. Notice guys, this is huge. How is a person defined? Like you were saying, right? Right. How's a person defined? The General Assembly finds and declares acknowledging the sanctity of an innocent human life created in the image of God. Love it. Wow. <laughs> Imago Dei. Genesis 1. <clears throat> right there, you guys. That is a f- fundamental principle uh, brought out by Genesis chapter 1. And following is, should be equally protected from fertilization to natural death. Uh, that is huge, you guys. So... What this bill does, and if you notice, there's only six pages. You guys can't see that in in this view. There are only six pages because it's so streamlined that once you define a person this way, everything else falls into suit. If you're going to equally protect under the law, personhood as defined by Genesis chapter 1, everything else falls in order from that point forward. And so um, another point here, if you look at A, We want to fully recognize personhood uh, of an unborn child in all stages of development prior to birth from the moment of fertilization. So what we're saying is the moment that egg becomes fertilized, just as exactly what the scriptures teach, that that is a person. Is there thoughts? Amen. Right. Oh, yeah. Amen. Uh, What else can I add to that? Amen (laughs) amen and amen, brother. I know there's nothing else you can really move on. Um, Also, two under B. We want to ensure that the right to life is protected uh, and equal protection under the laws. So, based on the principles set and founded in Genesis chapter 1, that all people are made and created in the image of God and deserve this equal protection, they have a right to life. They are identified as an independent person. So, arguments, for instance, that you might experience as you engage with people on the issue of abortion... um, I'm sure you guys might have heard the SLED argument before. So SLED is is an acronym. So you have um, S is for size. So many people will make size-based arguments that if the child is small, it's teeny tiny, then you have the right to remove it from the womb. Well, look at look at already what we've done here from points one through B right already in section one A and B. We've eliminated size. Um, we've eliminated um, level of development, or is it degree of development? No, that's degree of dependency. Level of development, um, uh, environment, E is for environment, which is... In the womb or out of the womb kind of thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's there in the womb. They're just in a different environment than right. we are, right? And then you have degree of dependency. That, that Just because they're dependent upon the mother does not give us the right to take their life right here sled is basically completely destroyed anybody who makes a sled based argument which is size level of development environment or degree of dependency this is blown out of the water just in section one a and b i've heard of all those like individually and all that argued differently but never in that acronym 
Yeah. That's a first for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, in, in some way, shape or form, the reason why that acronym was put together, and I, I've, forgive me, I forgot who to give credit for that did put that together. But the reason that was put together is what they would argue is to say that every abortion argument in some way, <clears throat> shape or form fits the SLED acronym. It's going to be a size, a level of uh, dependency, or no, level of development, an environment, or a degree of dependency position in some way, shape, or form. There are no other arguments. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's just, I have a right to kill my child because I want to, which is a moral issue, right? An ethical argument. Um, which we're seeing a lot of that, you know, just out in Colorado College. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. I kill babies. Like, <laughs> awesome. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I'm, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Caitlin. Um, uh, we appreciate the encouragement. I'm glad to hear that the stream is put well together and that it's, it's coming through. Okay. That's something that been working hard on trying to, to make sure that we do a good job because we want it to be, um, very well put together. And one I, one thing I, I know you guys, yeah. listen, this man right here, he'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> that, that I know that I know for sure. Look at that thing. I always tell him like in Tron, he's like Q, he's going to build the perfect system. <laughs> the perfect Everything system. he does. So he'll, he'll figure it out. I appreciate that encouragement. Um, and I agree, Jonathan, that created in the image of God that abolishing abortion necessitates a Christian worldview. Really, and then we're going to go on uh, to, to see here uh, towards the end of this, that really, we can't really accomplish peace in society apart from a biblical worldview. And it's, it's really interesting. That's actually how this bill concludes. Um, if you guys have not emailed congressman dave williams yeah that's at the end email him encourage him oh yeah yeah we're gonna how how can we actually oh no you're good bro i'm glad you said it no so definitely um we'll say it again at the end too yeah we want to come behind him and support him notice also here in c moving on yeah full we're we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna rock we're not gonna truncate this presentation bro that'd be weak dude we're gonna go fully orbed full circle that's right we're gonna make all of it we're gonna make this happen. All right. So to recognize the fully United orbed. fully orbed, yeah. non-truncated. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember the third robust. One. Yeah, yeah, robust. Robust, exactly. Um, Jonathan, you actually bring up a good point. I'm I'll talk about that at the very end, okay? I won't forget, bro, that we need to work at a local level, out to our county level, and on to, to state, which is interesting. This has gotten to the state because that work has been done and it's been done somewhere. And I would I would say probably in Denver. Um, what's yeah. cool about, what's cool about this though, you guys is, um, uh, rep Williams is an El Paso County representative. So That's our County. Yeah. And two of the four supporters of the bill, uh, are all El Paso or three, th- I think three of the four, no, two of the four. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So moving on to point, let's see, where were we here? Um, C note this. The supreme law of the land. Okay, he wants to acknowledge that the United States Constitution is, in fact, the supreme law of the land. And what he's saying is that the child's right to life is based on what is essentially acknowledged in our founding document, which is to be made in our creator's image, that we have certain inalienable rights um, that should be upheld, an equal right to justice. And so this isn't in addition to, this isn't an amendment of, this is a recognition that this was already acknowledged in the supreme law of the land. And what we're saying is, 
well, what uh, Rep. Williams is saying here is we need to we need to be consistent with that, which I thought was really powerful, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end here, we should not, in light of this, deprive an unborn child of a right to life, to prohibit the equal protection of such a right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we don't. Have, it doesn't look like we have any questions. We're getting this under wrap. Looks like we're good. Okay. Let's go um, here to uh, section two. Now, what's really interesting about the additional sections, really sections uh, two through six, they are amendments to current laws and the languages used within those laws, Uh, particularly, for instance, personhood. Okay. So uh, one thing I thought was really interesting is that if you notice here under um, section two, let me give me let me get my act together here. All right, under section two, notice here that all of this is used as person, and that should what include an unborn human child at what every stage of gestation from fertilization until birth. And so, what the bill is proposing here is that any language used in any other laws need to be amended in order to rightly represent that sort of language. Um, <clears throat> Very important. Big time. Yeah. Let's look at uh, section three here. Or is it four? Yeah. So if you notice, actually, let me just look at section three here real quick on that note. If you notice, you see these striking lines here, the lines that are striking out particular language. Okay. See this right here? In this Colorado revised statute 183-101, Uh, The language it's using here is that a person, when referring to the victim of homicide, means that a person, a human being who had been born and was alive at the time of the homicidal act. That specific language needs to be removed to say it means that a human being who is alive at the time of the homicidal act. And that should not be. Yeah, at the exclusion of uh, unborn children. Right. That's very specific garbage language. That is, yeah, it's it's it is garbage. Um, let's look down here. I wanted to scroll down here real quick. Um, and we are wrapping up on time here. So, guys, bear with us. We didn't want to go any longer than an hour today. We just wanted to uh, kick this live stream off and uh, speak to this. But uh, we do appreciate you guys joining along with us and speaking to this. But look here, okay. Uh, Without limiting uh, prosecutorial discretion, uh, the state and all political subdivisions of the state shall enforce provisions of this part one without regard to the opinions and judgments of the United States Supreme Court, specifically Roe versus Wade, um, past and future, right? Also to Planned Parenthood versus Casey. This is that, this is that, um, the argument that was brought up in that recent Supreme Court hearing that set the precedent of a viability. And then I'm unfamiliar with um, June Med Services LLC versus Rousseau. So am I. That's interesting. So that'd be really interesting to research and look up to see what the precedents were there. Um, Because that was new to me when I I had read this. Um, So with that in mind, we'll just keep, we'll go all the way down here. I think, I don't think I have any other notes. Yeah. So let's just go down to the very end. And guys, again, this wasn't meant to be like some exhaustive exposition of the of the uh, bill, because I actually just barely got my hands on it a couple of days ago and just started researching it. There's a lot in the bill language being used that I would like to better understand more. Um, 
uh, and really do some more research, like looking up things like that uh, case that was heard and the precedents that were set. So last, lastly, the applicability. One of the things I think that has stopped bills like this from being passed is that what we're saying is that this is going to be a criminal act. If you notice, it's falling under yeah. homicide laws, right? It's the the woman, um, those all involved, the all perpetrators involved in taking the life of the child will fall under criminal penalty. And don't don't you think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that's probably that's probably the one of the biggest obstacles for the uh, pro life, you know, um, organizations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, a big part of the incrementalist position um, argument towards abolition bills and the reason why they've gotten killed, which guys, to be honest, like there's a very, with the kind of language that's in this bill, there's a strong possibility this is going to get killed in the earliest stages. It might not even be heard. It's in the hearing process. It's been announced and it will be coming, it will be heard in the upcoming sessions. And so this might not even go to committee uh, in terms of the way that works. And we'll actually go through in another, uh, maybe next week, our goal is to do this every week. Maybe next week what we could do is we could tackle the specifics on how a bill is passed, how it goes through, the history of how this got introduced and how it got to this very point, and then how we can support it along the ways to kind of answer your question, Caitlin, because our goal is to kind of to do this weekly um, to really help with very practical steps on what it would take to actually get us there. Right. So, yeah. Now, applicability. Um, the reason I brought this up is that a lot of the pushback is, well, if you're going to treat them like criminals, at what point is this going to begin being enforced? It will be enforced at crimes committed on or after the effective day of the act. So if a woman has gotten an abortion beforehand, they would not, be, they would not fall under the criminal penalties. That doesn't mean that we don't call them to repentance. It isn't still an, uh, an act of wickedness that should be accounted as such, God sees it entirely different than we do. This is a horrible law that absolutely needs to be changed. This is a wicked and perverse law that has been put into place that allows children to be killed in the first place. However, the criminal act in, in our understanding and in our society, in, in our state, would not be enacted until after the fact is there. Oh, yeah. I mean, very, I'm just thinking right now as you're talking, like, very comparable to you know, the tyrannical, wicked, evil laws of Pharaoh. Right. Right. Killing babies. Uh, Herod. Yeah. Right. Killing babies up to two years old. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's insane, but we've yeah. gotten, we've gotten comfortable and used to this. Right. Right. So the, so the, uh, you know, the criminalization piece of it is, is very difficult for people to wrap their minds around, I think. But then I think that just comes from a lack of having a, you know, biblical worldview and understanding of you know god's law yeah you know in the old testament you know the general like we were talking earlier general you know, equity. general equity equity um you know which is in our confession you know london baptist confession 1689 chapter 19 what paragraph four right yeah yeah big deal right to be able to look at god's law yeah we we know from looking at the law of god there's not a one-to-one ratio yeah you know from the old to the new um but uh, general equity is taking those principles, you know, and applying it, you know, in our day to day. Yeah. And I, and I think that one of the important things to recognize when you're having a conversation, guys, about this bill, because I expect I anticipate this is going to create incredible wakes throughout Colorado and beyond. Uh, if, I hope so. If that insane incrementalist heartbeat bill where you can sue someone 
for 10 grand for going and getting an abortion created wakes all the way up to the presidential office. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I'm assuming this one's going to create some pretty heavy wakes. So expect uh, to be able to speak to this. And one of the key speaking points is to say, well, we want to criminalize it first because we want to acknowledge that kids, children from the point of fertilization until they die, until uh, someone dies is a person. Right. And then right. more importantly, that this any any law that's appointed is not executed and upheld until it's put into act. OK. And so we're saying, yes, they're criminals. And honestly, guys, sadly enough, Arizona is a key example of this, of this very issue. Arizona actually had it on the books. They just weren't acknowledging it or executing it. They weren't upholding it. That abortion was illegal in Arizona. And it was the pro-life industry that got it thrown out. <laughs> they got it removed down, from yeah. law. Why? Because they didn't want to perceive women, especially, and, and men, uh, as victims that's that's what I was gonna say. And they didn't want to perceive them as criminals. They see them as victims, right? So realize this is gonna be a huge talking point, guys. When you're when you're speaking to people about this issue, um, so uh, going on here. Lastly, uh, I just wanted to point out this last point here. The General Assembly hereby finds and determines and declares that this act is necessary. Catch this, you guys. This is huge for the immediate preservation of the public peace. Shalom. We can't have shalom apart from it. We cannot have harmony in society apart from this act being passed uh, for, and also for the health and safety. And we're, we're saying health and safety of the child and also for the mother and for, the, and for families um, beyond that. And so um, with that said, uh, I hope you guys like this was very beneficial to you. And I can, I can expand on that. I preached a whole sermon on that a couple of weeks ago, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope this is beneficial to you in the sense of just going through it and, uh, and looking through it. Um, and spending time together and just familiarizing ourselves with it. I do want to learn more. Uh, we we are co conversing about it um, behind the scenes here and trying to get folks in here. We actually want to try to set up an interview with Rep. Williams, if we can, um, to have him speak more towards it and how we can better support him. Um, but lastly, guys, just realize like this this relates directly to the gospel. This is a gospel issue. When you are preaching the gospel, you are calling people to repentance. Repentance to what? obedience to our king, a king who has laid his life down on our behalf. And the only way that we can enter into heaven is through his sacrifice on our behalf. Repentance of what? Well, legislating wicked laws, right. wicked laws that take the lives of children. And here we have a bill with biblical language in it that we can say, here's where we stand. And this is where repentance needs to be found. And you can't find that apart from Jesus Christ. And so very simply, this is a gospel issue. Um, so yeah. what are some actions that we can take? I know this. I'm just thinking, too, as Christians, Sorry, go ahead. We're, the, we're the only ones that have the, the corner on this, right? By what standard? We have the Word of God. Right. The world does not have the, world, the, the Word of God. Yeah. You know, natural law, you might hear, is, it's, it's insufficient. You know, Romans 1, right? They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We have the truth, um, which, you know, we're accountable to that. You know, and that truth needs to be needs to be upheld in, in, in society. Yeah, we're obligated to uphold it. We're obligated to call our magistrates and our legislators to accountability to biblical principles, biblical ethics. And we should encourage it in society. We're not going to find the preservation of public peace, health or safety in it apart from it. Right. Uh, no other foundation can provide that at all. It's what Jonathan said earlier, that 
um, it necessitates a Christian worldview. And that's the, the where we would stand. And so uh, lastly, here's how we can support Rep. Williams. Here's how we can support the bill. We just want to look at some practical ways to do that. Uh, you brought up earlier emailing him. Email him, yeah. yeah. You want to share? And we'll provide a link, guys, uh, too, as well, for ways that you can do that. Um, he emailed, uh, I emailed, and I even called his office. You can actually go directly to his page um, right here, actually, where the bill is. Um, Dave, Dave.Williams.House at state.co.us. Again, that's Dave, D-A-V-E, dot Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot house, H-O-U-S-E, at state.co.us. And even on this um, webpage here, you can go there, and I'll provide. We'll provide the links in the comments uh, once we finish. But uh, you can actually go directly to um, leg.colorado.gov and look up Dave Williams and uh, find that. And you can email him directly. I know uh, one of the brothers in our church is actually looking to get that program that we can do automatic emails where we can actually set it up for you. You can put your name and your address and your email address in it, and it'll automatically set everything up and populate it and send it directly out to the legislator. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we're working on that right now. these dudes. Yeah. A bunch of emails, man. Yeah. Now, I emailed him. I just encouraged him. Yeah. You know, I said, man, this is awesome. What a blessing. What a blessing that you're you're doing this. Um, You know, standing up for life like you should be and, you know, hopefully end this evil in our land. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. And then I would say, lastly, one of the best ways that you can get the word and spread the word out there is that once this live stream is done, it will go to video uh, that'll store it on Facebook and you can actually share this uh, with people. And I intend on putting more content out, taking it, you know, farming it out from this uh, video and actually putting it up on YouTube. And we will actually be doing YouTube. I want to try to do split broadcasting between this and YouTube so that more people can uh, get in contact with it. Uh, on our Emmaus Road media page. And so for those who haven't are unfamiliar, we have a YouTube page at Emmaus Road Media, and you can find all the work that we've been doing up until this point uh, now. So with that said, I don't see any other comments uh, on that. Um, anything else you want to share as we close? I think we're good. We're good, man. Yeah. Well, everybody, look at that. Two minutes to spare, man. Pretty good. That's unreal. <laughs> That's unlike us. That's pretty good, man. I'm, I'm proud of us right now. We did it. We did it. So uh, I do appreciate your guys' time. Thanks for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, we hope uh, to see you uh, next week when we live stream. We're going to try to do it around the same time. Uh, we're trying to get some other people in here that, that their schedules don't quite fit out that have some experience in this stuff. And uh, we'll go from there. Bless you guys. Awesome. Peace. Peace. I'm going to turn on that sweet music for you again, Johnny. Elevator music? Yeah. Here we go, Johnny. <laughs>